Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And today we got a very special guest. He's going to be a weekly guest on the show. Um, so let's go ahead and start. We have Scott Steyert from Aero Precision. Uh, this guy, I'm going to have uh, Scott in a second talk about his background, but it's impressive, and he's going to be able to add a lot to the show. We also have one of your crowd favorites, Corporal David D. Gresta, affectionately nicknamed as the De-Escalator among his uh, fan club here. So thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. And welcome aboard, Scott. Um, also, a shout out to our sponsors, our newest sponsor, Aero Precision. And you see that next to Scott's name over there. Uh, also, GallsAUFire.com, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content, Brian, and also Ray Dietrich, redvoicemedia.com. You know, we're streaming to eight locations right now. Three of those are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media. They've got a, about a million followers just on those three Facebook pages. And, and guys, we are adding, constantly adding more and more streams. In fact, we've run out on all the streams that we can add on StreamYard, so I'm in the process of adding another platform so we can add more streams because the opportunities are, are just boundless. So thanks to Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. So, guys, we've got a, um, a pretty interesting topic line coming up. And, you know, before I have Scott uh, give a brief intro, I'm going to just kind of whet your appetite with what we're going to be talking about. So we've got an elementary school principal in hot water after pretending to shoot young students during an active shooter drill. Wow. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Then we have Greenville deputies fatally shoot an armed man during a domestic violence call. Scott and David are going to be all over that one. We have Harris County Sheriff's. They released a body cam of deputies shooting a woman because they mistook her for an intruder in her own home. Ex-Oakland PD chief sues the city mayor uh, and the mayor to get his job back. And then we've got Fountain Police. They released a video of a shooting where a dog and a suspect were killed. That's a sad story. And then, of course, we've got the In-N-Out Burger. Uh, they're bailing uh, from a Northern California city due to issues of ongoing crime. We have other stories, you know, time permitting that we'll get to. But before we uh, we talk about our first one, Scott, unmute that microphone and just give our or whet the appetite of our users a little bit with a little bit of your of your background. Okay. Well, hello everybody. Uh, Scott Start here. Like uh, like uh, Chip was saying, I work with Error Precision. Uh, my my background um, primarily, I joined the, the 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 military right out of high school and. Um, I initially joined uh, as a mechanic, and then um, after four years, I got out, had a break in service, and um, worked at uh, a, a dealership there, actually in, in your neck of the woods in Tampa, and then I joined the Army again after about two years of, of being out, and again as a mechanic, but then I always wanted to do something, um, and in my mind was really cool. I always wanted to be an airborne ranger um, initially, but, uh, my dad talked me out of it, said I couldn't find a job when I got out of the, out of the military as an airborne ranger. So, um, but I eventually tried out for special forces. Um, and I did that for about five, five and a half years. I was a green beret. Um, and then I tried out for Delta and made, uh, made it through that training uh, at the end of two, uh, 2005. And then, um, I was, I did that for about seven and a half years. And, um, and then I finally retired. Actually, it was a, med a medical retirement um, in 2014 was my final out. Wow. And that's, that's pretty recent stuff. I mean, that's not that long ago. Wow. All right. Good. good yeah, it, it's, it seems like forever. But yes, it, I, when, I, when, I, when I think about it, it wasn't too long ago. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, 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 the time is taken away. So 
And guys, people watching our show, I can assure you that if you guys think that what he just described, what he's done, and he's being a little humble and, and modest, but if you, anyone thinks it's that easy, if it was, everybody would be doing that. It's not. So, uh, so yeah, um, thanks for your service, Scott. Glad we've got you on the show. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you, um, you know, add tactically some of the stuff that, you know, that, that you've, you've used over the, over the years, it's probably second nature to you um, that you don't even have to, to think about. And uh, you know, as we break down some of the stuff and look, we, people watching our show, we want to make our listeners among the smartest people in the room uh, when it comes to um, the news, especially from a law enforcement perspective. And, and we're not trying to embarrass people for getting it wrong. David and I have made so many mistakes during our career. David would probably argue that I've made a lot more than he has made. I'll just say that before he volunteers that information. But, hey, we've made a lot of mistakes, and we mention it frequently on the show, things that we've done that are just stupid. But you know what? In my opinion, there's two types of people in this world because we all make mistakes. Some people learn from their mistakes, and some people don't. So I like to think that I'm one of the guys that learns from my mistakes. Um, and, and if we can just save one Leo, law enforcement officer's life, uh, because of what we cover on the show, it, it makes it all worth it. I always estimate that we've got about 50% of the people that watch our show are active and retired Leos, and the other 50% are, are civilians. A small percentage of those are haters. They they absolutely hate us, Scott. But they're but you know we suck them in. They can't turn off. They can't turn us off on social media. They have to watch the show and give commentary on Rumble and some of these other places. Occasionally, I'll have to ban people on the live stream here because they get kind of carried away. But even the haters have to watch the show, which 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 you got to have respect for, right? Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. So look, let's uh, let's jump into our, our our first one here. First story. Um, it's an update article, but it's at elementary school. So at lawofficer.com, we have an elementary school principal that's in hot water after pretending to shoot young students during an active uh, shooter drill. So I know everybody's wondering where in the world, what part of the country would this could this possibly happen in? And it's in San Gabriel, California. So a first-year principal, just a first-year principal at elementary school in California is in hot water after she reportedly conducted an active shooter drill during which she she callously pretended to to shoot and kill students and some as young as four years old, according to the parents who ended up complaining about this event that ended up being unauthorized. I'm, I'm sure they're saying it was unauthorized, at least anyhow. So Nina Denson is the name of the principal at Washington Elementary School in San Gabriel in the fall of 2023, was placed on administrative leave after the San Gabriel Unified School District began receiving complaints about students being traumatized by this lockdown drill that took place on Wednesday, according to KTLA. So Superintendent Jim uh, Simmons of this uh, San Gabriel Unified School District said the safety drill was not authorized. So upset parents believe the exercise was inappropriate and the principal's actions during the lockdown drill had caused children unnecessary duress. Yeah, think uh, she proceeded to walk around campus pretending to shoot people she saw using finger movements and banging on windows, according to the parent Jennifer Chavez. And from what I heard, this is what the, uh, Jennifer's saying, but from what I heard, she said that one of the students, boom, you're dead. So parents claim that some of the children who witnessed Denson's shooting motion uh, were as young as uh, four years old. And Chavez's um, you know, son is a first grade student at the school. And she goes on to say that, oh, he was really upset. The one shocking surprise thing that he said as a six-year-old was that, hey, I'm just really glad that none of my friends died. And once Denson completed the, the mock shooting, she made an announcement that declared seven students hadn't been killed during the exercise. I'm just going to stop there. Just, just, cra just crazy. There's an investigation going on. Um, Scott, your mic's open. Do you want to be the first to comment on this? You're, you're good. Well, I mean, I, I, I like her, um, you know, initiative. I mean, her head was in the right place. Hey, some training for an active shooter. However, 
the judgment on this on how to execute that in my opinion was was way out there like it's almost like she's like you know what i think i'm going to go over some a active shooter training but without giving it much thought of how uh she was going to present that <laughs> to the kids um so yeah I, I i don't think it was uh very very well thought out at all and i don't think it, it probably accomplished anything if anything it was detrimental oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, Scott! It accomplished something, and and I think that I think that you'd be able, you'd be right on board with this. The number of years that you were in it, um, in different training scenarios, and us as well, going to different training scenarios. You know, I don't care what who your audience is, who you're trying to train. That in the end, the, the goal of training is to show someone or prove to someone that yes, you can do this. We can train mm -hmm. you if you follow these procedures. If you follow this this outline, if you follow this, whatever you want to call it, you will succeed. In a lot of training that we've been through, it's you will survive. And all she managed to train, and we've, we've, and I've been in a couple of, well, one that I can remember, one training scenario that, I was, that I've been in is probably one of the worst ones I've ever participated in, and it was an active shooter training, one of the early ones, and it was horrible. The only thing that they managed to train was that if you go into a building, you're going to die. That was, that's, that's what they ended up training. And in, in this case, that's exactly what this principal did. She basically taught these children that if something bad happens on campus, yeah, chances are you're going to get shot. And that's not no. the mindset that you want to instill. You want to instill in training a mindset that you will succeed. If you, if you do these things, you will, you will succeed. You will be safe. You will live. You will win. Whatever that mantra could be in different uh, arenas, but that's that's what she failed to do, and she did just like you said, she did just the opposite, and all she instilled was fear, more fear. And, oh my God, we're going to die. We can't win. We might as well just lay down and and, and give up. And that's not proper training. It's horrible. Right. I think I think if anything, you know, like having having a process. Okay, if if there is an active shooter, this is what you do as students. You you go here. You implement this plan. Um, but yes, it seems like she uh, she took it to another level to where all she did was like like you said, increase it's more fear now. Now it's like they're going into this going, oh my God, I am going to die if this happens or somebody is going to die. I mean, whether that's the reality of it or not, you're you know, right. The, the kids should not have to. All right, guys. First commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Hopefully by now everybody's familiar with the new goals at goals.com slash Leo. And hopefully Corporal David can help me out with this one. They are the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and duty boots to flashlights and tactical gear. So, hey, if you've got a family friend or loved one involved in uh, law enforcement, military, or host or host dragger buddies with the fire department, man. They will hook you up. David, what's going on at Goals this week? Ooh, they got a new Vertex Recon collection uh, on their site. That's new. Um, got to check out that, as well as still 20% off on their um, Dynamed uh, clothing for first responders. Um, two good, two good uh, items to look at. And guys, they have those Goals gift cards, too. So, hey, don't be shy. Family, friends, and loved ones involved with law enforcement, you know, like I said, firefighters or the military, hook them up with these Goals gift cards. So, again, it's Goals.com slash Leo. Don't wait, guys. David might order them out before you get there. Hey, now it's time to talk about 
Aero Defense by Aero Precision at AeroPrecisionUSA.com, a beacon of durability, dependability, and all-American craftsmanship in the realm of duty rifles. So born from an aerospace engineering company, so you know they know what they're doing. Aero Defense by Aero Precision demands perfection because selling for anything less is not an option when your life is on the line. Visit AeroPrecisionUSA.com for a lineup that matches every discipline. You know, since 1994, they've quietly led the AR Builder parts domain, and now they're making waves in the complete rifle arena with Solus Bolt Actions. So stay tuned because the M4E1 Pro and Mod 4 handguards are hitting AeroPrecisionUSA.com later this year. The embodiments of duty rifle excellence now tailored for the civilian customer. Ding, ding, ding. Now you guys get your hands on it. So in addition to their M5 AR-308 platform, it, that is nothing short of spectacular. Don't set it for less. When you guys can have the best, don't wait. AeroPrecisionUSA.com. Go to the day. You'll be glad that you did. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. I'm sorry to uh, cut you off on that commercial break there, Scott. And uh, and I don't know if you've been watching the stream, but, hey, we've got uh, Captain Brett Bartlett. He's a panelist on the show, and he's, he's watching the show. And he typed in Aero Precision 10% off for vets and first responders. I think Scott could probably confirm that, but uh, but Brett was volunteering that information about um, Aero Precision. And uh, then we got, uh, I think, uh, Scott, Scott, an admirer here. Who is this? This is uh, Lisa Winta. Cool, a new guy. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of stuff that's uh, being said on here. And the and the and the show is growing on the streamers right now. So good good deal. Um, any more, uh, any more comments from anybody? Are you guys ready to move on to the first video video time? All right, let's do the video thing then. All right. So, um, let's see where are at our favorite law enforcement video channel called this is butter. They're at rumble.com Greenville deputies fatally shot an armed man during a domestic violence call. Sheriff's office. Do me a favor, put the gun down. I understand that. Put the gun down. He has a gun in his hand. Put the gun down. This is the sheriff's office. Put your hands up for me and step out. Step outside. He still got it in his hand. Dude, show me your hands. Hey, put the gun down. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down, bud. Hey, let him know I got contact on side three, somebody. Somebody get under and tell him that I got contact on side three. Hey! Just fire. Uh, I see him. No shot, no shot. I see him, hold on. She's fire, she's fire, she's fire. Look, our listeners know by now these are some of the most dangerous calls you can go on. One person was killed on Wednesday in an officer-involved shooting in Greenville County. According to the video, it was posted by Greenville County Sheriff's Office, uh, Sheriff, uh, I guess it's uh, Hobart Lewis. Deputies were called out to a domestic violence call at the scene. 
They encounter a guy named Walter McDonald who was armed. Deputies reportedly told him to drop the weapon, and then the shooting occurs. Now, according to the sheriff's office, preliminary reports indicated that four deputies fired their weapons. The suspect was dead. No deputies ended up being injured. Now, look, I've got a lot of notes here on this thing. And so um, I, I, I noted that the deputy walks into the home with the wife. Remember, it's a DV call, right? Uh, DV, DV, domestic violence. And so the deputy walks in with the wife, makes content with the suspect. I kept looking at it in the video, in the body cam, you're looking at a door that's right in front of the deputy. Uh, but just before you're staring at that door, he did pan to his right, and there's a dude sitting on the couch. And it was hard to tell from the body cam, but he had a gun in his hand. That was the, the husband. And, uh, and he was armed at the time. He had the gun pointed up towards the ceiling, and he wasn't going to put it down. And, but he wasn't pointing at the deputy, but they were, they were cool. They got the wife out of the house. They leave the house, and then he comes to the doorway, and he's standing in the doorway of the home confronting the deputies. And, uh, and then after this goes on, then they move through different body cams, and you've got deputies with long guns. Thank God they got the long guns out of the car, and they were prepared, and they end up taking this guy out with a long gun at night. And that's, that's kind of the way this thing goes down. So um, whoever wants to start up breaking this down, David, start us off. You know, we, we've talked about stuff like this before, and the, the necessity or the lack thereof of, of, of make, having to make or have a confrontation right out of the gate this is one of those scenarios where the, the officers did and the smart thing is, is they got the woman out of the house. Uh, they got out of the house, made sure there was nobody else in the house. Now the guy's in there by himself. He's armed. Okay, fine. But he's contained. He's in the box and we're not going to let him out of the box. And they don't, he comes to the door. He starts to expose himself and he starts to act in such a way that becomes threatening. They're not, again, they're not going to let him out of the perimeter, which they didn't. They had long guns deployed. And when he, then became even more aggressive, you know, did what they needed to do to take him out. So overall that, you know, you're in that type of scenario, you can't really ask for too much more. And as, as Brett always likes to say, it's, it's always the bad guy that, that dictates the pace and the, and the confrontation uh, in these types of situations. We, we, they, the officers and guys on scenes like this always are attempting to de-escalate, I know you love that word, uh, the scenarios to try to get the guy to give up. And as long as he's in there by himself, then that should be their priority. But the minute that he does, then comes out and starts to endanger anyone else, then, uh, you know, that's it. We're, we're done. We're done with that game and, and he'll get dealt with accordingly, which he did. No, I'm kind of curious, Scott, from your experience and your mic's still muted, just in case you, you weren't aware. Um, you know, the, the long guns they had, I know that the second one, the second body cam they had, uh, the, the Leo, the law enforcement officer, was in a prone position. Of course, it's nighttime, so I know that optics and things become important. One uh, cop actually had um, a light that he was using, I think, in the first body cam for the, from, the, uh, from the first cop that was um, shooting the bad guy. Any observations from that? Well, I, I would just uh, make a note. Like, Well, first of all, uh, before we get into the long gun, is there a reason why um, they, the, the officers left the house once they had, they had eyes on the, the, su the subject, I guess, um, and they were able to see everything. He was right then and there. You know, they could see everything. But then they, when they left the house, certainly, yeah. yes, he is still in the house. But now, okay, now that person who's in the house is free to maybe go grab um an ak-47 or something like that or, or a larger weapon or something that's that's more dangerous but he was there in the chair sitting down with a handgun why not deal with it there instead of backing up i, I can understand getting the wife out of there certainly 
Um, but in, in, in my experience, if I see somebody who is a potential threat, I do not want to lose sight of that person because I don't know where they may pop out. They might pop right. out, you know, behind the house, they leave the house to come, whatever. Right. But as long as I have eyes on and I have, um, I have the high ground. So, so, so to speak, you know, I have the advantage. I have my, my gun out. I mean, Hey, deal with them there versus take your eyes off, go outside. And then you don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the rule. It's rules of engagement. Um, your, yours, your rules of rules of engagements were much are in the military, much different than, than on the street law enforcement, current, current, uh, trends in law enforcement are just that. Um, if you have a person that you can contain within a structure, he's by, they're by themselves armed or otherwise, uh, your, your first priority in current, in, in current society is to back up, back out, and and, try, and contain and attempt to de-escalate either through negotiation, get him on the phone, try to talk him down, um, engage you know tact teams to set up interior perimeters with uniforms on the ex- on an exterior perimeter to contain him in that spot so he can't pop out somewhere else. And that's simply just what current society wants law enforcement to do in a, in a civilian theater. So yes, I, I listen, I'm, I'm with you, Scott. I, you know, I, my kind of cringe at them leaving him and walking out, get the woman out, get the wife out, maintain your position and try to deal with it right there on the spot. The problem that they find with that is, is, is nine times out of 10, it, it always ends in a shooting where at least if you have an, if you have an attempt to deescalate and talk him down, they have to take that option. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dave. Well, guys, you yeah, have more about that and officer created Jeopardy in just a second, guys. It's time for a second commercial break. We will be right back. All right, guys, struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate search and seizure documents into clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week, they're talking about searching cars and occupants. Wow. So sign up at bluetogold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So now it's time to talk about AU Fire. That's accuracyunderfire.com or accuracyunderfire at aufire.com. AU Fire is the gold standard in tactical simulation. For the first time ever, agencies and LEOs can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in their dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you've ever wondered how you can train your officers to react or in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills at aufire.com. Check out the website, the cool videos, aufire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hawk Studios in Plant City, Florida. Yeah, I'm sure everybody witnessed along with me how Scott was getting into the Blondie song during the commercial break. So, uh, so yeah, pretty animated for a Special Forces guy, I must say, but... Uh, Hey, uh, I know we were talking about this uh, last story that had a video component. And, and, and Scott, good question, because if, if, if you're thinking it, certainly at least half our listeners are too, and good opportunity for us to cover that. And plus, I was just going to mention, David is spot on, but plus, when the cops don't do is what David described, they've got a new term now. They're calling it, it's, it's officer-created jeopardy. That is the hot topic as of like the last three years, and, and qualified immunity is another thing, but uh, but. Um, officer created jeopardy. There was a situation. The first one that I can really remember was when the cops went to a garage and the uh, homeowner 
um, had a gun. They did not retreat back out of the garage, and the court felt that they pushed the issue instead of de-escalating. And uh, and they were trying to hold these count these these cops criminally accountable. That means criminally charged them because they ended up shooting and killing the homeowner. And they thought that they should have retracted and backed out of the situation, maybe contained it, but don't push don't push the threat because the only the threat wouldn't exist if you guys weren't there and there's nobody else there in the house, that kind of stuff. So it's it's something that unfortunately that we have to think about in law enforcement, David. No, I, yeah, I was just if there was anything else, I, but I thought I'd wrapped it up. But yeah, officer created jeopardy. That's that's the term for it these days. Now, Scott, if you were on this scene and 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 you were a Leo and you could carry any arrow product available to you, what would be David Caesar I'm going with this? But what would you because Arrow Precision's got a lot of cool stuff, you know, and they just took over Stag Arms and stuff, and everybody's familiar with Stag Arms and stuff. So so what would you what would you recommend the 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 on ground Leo the carry in this particular situation? Well, I I my if I if it was uh, if I was in charge for a day, you know, I would say that every officer would um, the perfect rifle to carry would be like an eleven and a half or ten and a half inch um, barreled AR. Okay, um, I like the three hundred blackout with the shorter barrels, but obviously, you know, that's not a very popular round. So, um, but a five five six would still work fine, um, and it would have a um, LPVO, which is a um, low powered variable optic. Even though it's a ten and a half inch barrel, uh, because with the LPVO you can you can act like a red dot, so you can turn it all the way down to a, a, a one power. So it's it's a red dot optic. Yeah, it's just as fast. It's very intuitive. So if you had to take a quick shot, you're able to do it accurately. But also you have the ability to turn it up really quickly to like a four or five or six power, even a ten power. Okay, to where you're you're able to you know if you had to take a further shot. You, you could more accurately, but also you have that ability to um, to uh, identify any anything that may be in the subject's hands. If you're looking wow. into a house where it's dark and you're on the outside, you're able to just see what's going on better. Um, so, yeah, if I had my way, it, of course, it would have to have a light. I think every AR needs a light, uh, LPVO, and then, of course, a laser if you have the ability to use night vision. And even if you didn't, to have a visible laser, there's also a lot of advantages to that. So that, those are the that's that's the weapon system I would use, and those are the things that I would have on it for. Now I'm getting excited. It, now, if, if you get no, wait a minute. If, if he gets if he gets a love letter from Brett, I, I'm just warning his girlfriend up front that <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, one just one thing you talked about the 300 blackout subsonic. I uh, no, it, it it would be it would be sonic. Um, because of you know because because of the nature of it i mean there's obviously a time and a place for that but as far as like you know if you have to use your 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 weapon it's because you have to take some someone out okay so in in, in that case you'd want it to be um, most most lethal in that case in which case i would not want to use a subconic i mean yeah i mean there, there there's a time and a place but i wouldn't i wouldn't use it in that case all right love it see you yeah we're all learning something today good good job scott okay yeah. So moving along, let's see our next story that also has a video component. And I don't think I said this earlier, but look, we've got a lot of audio listeners, you know, that's radio station and podcast. And we're uh, going out, uh, you know, we're live on all the Boss Hog Radio Network stations. And we're reaching, uh, what, 34 stations, I think, 34 or just shy of 40, you know, right now in total. Some of these stations are carrying the, the program delayed. Uh, but if you're listening audibly 
to this program, and we're talking about anything with a video component, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And of course, this show is Monday through Friday during the lunch hour. It's 12 to 1 o'clock Eastern time. If, however, you feel like you absolutely have to watch that video that we're talking about, the very next day, we take this live show and we embed all the videos we talk about. We put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And we put it on our Rumble channel the very next day at 9 o'clock in the morning. That happens Tuesday through Saturday. So you always have that option on our Rumble channel, which, of course, is under our name, Leo Roundtable. So on this next story at Rumble.com, and again, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, we have Harris County Sheriffs. They release a body cam of deputies shooting a woman mistaking her for an intruder. I believe we have two female cops involved in this scenario. Not that that matters, but I had to throw that out there. I'm sorry. Uh, the Harris County Sheriff's Office released body cam video Saturday of their deputies who shot a woman multiple times in her apartment in East Harris County as they responded to a burglary call. I'm sorry, I'm you see, I'm small. I mean, I got a smile on my face, but I'm it's only because critiquing the video as I watch it. And if you're a seasoned Leo or or or, or military like Scott is, you're going to pick up on so many things immediately. Um, the incident happens in the pine in the pines of Wood Forest apartments. Okay. Uh, around 2.06 in the morning on February the 3rd. So it is like early in the morning, just after 2 a.m. Deputies respond to a burglary call, and they later uh, clear the scene. They leave. And, and then uh, they're told about a second burglary at the apartment complex. So they make it to the second apartment, and they say that they, they see a broken window. And you can see a, um, a screen that's out of the window on the body cam and all that kind of stuff. So that stuff going on. So the deputy said that they look through the window, and they see someone approaching the door with a gun. Someone's coming, said one of the deputies in the body cam, and then you hear the word gun. So deputies fire their weapons, and and when I say fire, I mean it's it is like wow, they're like emptying magazines and reloading. I mean, and then and then emptying again. So someone anyhow. So deputies fire their weapons. The 28 year old woman who lived in the apartment was shot multiple times. A second woman was also inside the apartment uh, visiting the other woman that got shot, but she was not injured. Um, the body cam video showed. Two deputies walking up to the apartment, and when they went to the second floor and knocked on the door, they announced that they were with the sheriff's office. One deputy said that she saw someone coming, and then in the video, you can hear the deputies fire their guns collectively. It was uh, more than two dozen times. I would say that it was at least two dozen times. One deputy even reloads before the shooting. There was a little, uh, to me, it looked like she reloaded. The ca- the camera went out of frame and came back in, but I, I suspect she re- she didn't. She forgot to recharge the weapon after she put the new mag in after it ran dry. After it ran dry, the slide was still back. But um, one of the deputies yelled and dropped the gun. Before the shots are fired, it appears that the uh, part of the left, uh, the, the, I guess the left side of the window was already open. The video also showed several bullets shattering the window during the shooting. And then after the shooting, they retreat from the apartment. And now they're saying that local civil rights activists are demanding an independent investigation into the shooting. And civil and human rights activist Dr. Candace Matthews, Black Panther chairman, uh, Quanell X, an attorney, we always have an attorney involved in this, Ali Booker, they hold a news conference Friday morning to discuss the investigation because, of course, they're going to be jumping on this. Once the investigation is complete, the findings will be presented to the sheriff's office for review and any disciplinary action, if if deemed uh, you know, necessary, uh, you know, will take place. Um, so that's, that's what we have. Um, I know some of the stuff can be due to the training issues as well, 
But uh, David's pointing at Scott. He wants Scott to go first on this one. So I don't know if Scott wants – maybe Scott wants David to go. I don't know. But, Scott, you're you're, you're, <laughs> right, you're the first mic open, buddy, so you got it. Okay. All right, sure. I'll, I, well, I mean, the, the, the first thing that – they just okay. So first off, um, just as I was <laughs> take your time, take a breath. This is gonna hurt. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's look. You know, it's easy for us, right? But I mean, like some some of the things that I would I would say that was uh, a, a red flag is so while the officers were standing outside of the house, um, their flashlights. So good for having flashlights. Okay, that's good. But they were left on the whole time. And so if there, you know, if there was a person in there who was, you know, a bad guy and your light is on, you can't see inside the house now, but they can see you. Okay. So just having the white light on at, at all times is not um, a good tactic to use. I mean, there's, you know, there's a time, a time and place. Right. Um, so that was the first thing. But then what I saw from my perspective is um it, a lot of panic went on i mean so as soon as the the one officer uh saw i uh, i guess it was a weapon someone came and, and that person had a weapon just unloaded i don't even think uh maybe i don't even think she used her sights the whole time i don't even know if she was aiming the whole time and she was just dumping her mag through the window and then the other officer followed suit which again i don't think uh, even from that vantage point, again, it's hard to tell from the, from a video, but I don't even think she had ability to see what she was shooting at. And she just commenced the shooting her pistol as well in the general direction, um, which to me, again, that just goes back to maybe um, I always say like it's lack of training under under stress. So, you know, if you train under stress then you have that stress inoculation and that's going to help you deal with the uh, with the situation without panic fire and just shooting, shooting, shooting without aiming or looking at your sights or anything like that. So I, I that that's just right off the bat. Just to me, just um, pure, pure panic. You know, and we're just getting started to a good conversation. Producer Jimmy hits the music and brings us up for our last commercial break. So, I mean, okay. Jimmy, just horrible timing, buddy. But Got to um, pay the bills, man. All right. Yeah. Time for our last commercial break. Guys, stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can sign up uh, for a free seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting um, a, a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. Uh, Corporal David, the floor is still yours. God, deep breath, deep, deep breath, deep <laughs> breath in and out. Um, you know, this is this goes back to Police Work 101, and there was a complete lack of any of that here. You get a call for what you think is a burglary. Someone has broken into a residence or a dwelling. You get to the scene and you see evidence that, wow, a burglary may have occurred here. There's a broken window. The screen is out. The blinds are kind of cattywampus and up a little bit. You can't see into the house very well. 
So yeah, let's knock on the door. That's a good idea. That's fantastic. You idiot. Um, so it's on a second second floor of, a, of an apartment complex, apartment building. The landing out in front of the door is very small. There's no cover or concealment for that matter. And you're going to go up and knock on the door. Okay, where is your head here? What are you thinking? At that point, your tactic has to be get off the balcony. Somebody goes to the back of the building so they can't jump out the window and run, which we've seen that happen. And if they come out the front, you have a, li a little bit of containment as you're calling for more units to come to help you because that's what cops do. We have that ability. We're not out there by ourselves. We have backup that will very quickly respond. And at that point, then you start trying to make contact with whomsoever may be in the house under containment. But no, I, I, I had a bad feeling that the one female that went up the steps first was either a training officer or definitely the senior officer. And the other female that was with her was either a trainee or a rookie. And the, the, the entire scenario just went to crap from, from the minute that they went up the stairs. Uh, the, the the mag dumps and uh, the the blind firing into a, a window where the blinds were almost completely down. There's no way they saw anything. The only time they saw anything was when was, was one of them bent way over and looked underneath the blinds and saw the girl coming with the gun, started screaming, gun, 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 and then they start mag dumping into the window. This shooting is going to be problematic. There's going to be blowback from it. And if these two police officers keep their jobs after this, it's it's going to be a, a really bad black mark at this point for them if they if they manage to keep their jobs. Thank God the girl didn't die, or there'd be real problems. But at least through the whole thing, she her nails were flawless, and the little bangle on her wrist was just beautiful. So um, it, we're talking about basic tactics in responding to a scenario that is laid out in front of you that you as a police officer. A, in, a, in a civilian setting, you have to be able to interpret and come up with a plan going forward that best suits the scenario that you're presented with. Um, it doesn't even get to the point where you're saying, well, like Bo Kravavs told us, I mean, people have guns in their homes. It's legal. You can't, just because you see someone through a window with a gun in their hand in a private residence, oh, shoot them. You, that's just not the way it is anymore. That's not the theater that we're operating in. That was a little tip to you, Scott. Um, <laughs> so so that that is going to be problematic. Um, and if you don't have the ability to make that kind of rapid plan-making thought process to understand, interpret, and then react to these types of scenarios, take the uniform off, do something else for, for a living because uh, you shouldn't be there. Wow. Good. Yeah, Scott. No, I, I I totally agree, and and you're right. I mean, just just the fact that somebody does have a gun. I mean, that's what um, you know. If I hear something go bump, bump in the night at my house, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a gun in my hand as I'm looking, you know, around my house. So I mean, absolutely. It's it again. I think it goes back to um, just I I think it, there was just so much fear involved there that instead of thinking things through it was just a reaction and um i i i, I almost put everything back on a, a lack of training and like you said me um if it experience. was experience 
an yeah. experience, right? And if, if it was a new officer, you know, obviously um, she's probably nervous about the whole thing. I mean, and um, and there it, there is evidence of a break-in. So, you know, automatically their mind goes, oh, oh my God, there's somebody in here. Um, but, you know, the reality is you don't, you don't know, you, you're making a lot of assumptions up to that point, you know, but, but yeah, definitely seeing a gun that's not point or drawn at you. There's, I mean, that's just, it's just, uh, I think fear took, took over and there was no thought process there. Yeah. So, and, and you can be afraid, you can be concerned, you can have all those emotions, you're human being, you're a human. And, and that's, that's to be expected. But like you talked about earlier, the inoculation against that through training is yes. what you're looking for. And that was obviously lacking here. And so what you have is someone who is unable to think through that process. The the, the fight or flight in, instinct just blows them out of the water. They get the adrenaline jump, dump, and nothing, everything else stops working. So your, your ability to, to put yourself into a bad situation to begin with on that patio, that upstairs mm -hmm. patio, started the process of the, oh, my God, I'm trapped now, and the fear builds, and it all goes south. But yeah, it's it's that's yes, training and and or live, very effective situational training that puts officers into those positions where the, they get the adrenaline dump. They're they have to work through the emotions, and you do that over and over and over again. And that's what Scott said earlier about the inoculation process against that type of fear and panic. Yes, so, yeah. David, you th you think that there was um, sympathetic gunfire from the um, from the oh other god. That, uh, sympathetic gunfire is an understatement. <laughs> Good Lord. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know what, I don't even know how you define that because what, what are you shooting at? The, the sight picture that you're looking at from the body camera is a window that the blind yeah. is three quarters of the way down on. And the window was almost to the floor, almost to the ground or the, the, the floor. So they weren't seeing anything that they were shooting at. They had no sight picture whatsoever. They were, as Scott said, they were shooting blindly in the general direction of where they had seen the woman with the gun coming toward the door. Um, and that's, again, you know, especially in a civilian theater, you're talking about just a, a huge no-no. You know, you look yeah. at cops that where bullets go through walls and hit somebody else in another apartment. You know, uh, Breonna Taylor, I think, comes to mind where cops are getting prosecuted for bullets. They're, they're shooting back at someone that's shooting at them, but a, another person gets hit. And it's like, you, you, come on, guys. I mean, this is... Yeah. This, well, let me, this has let me to get be this last story, right. but that's why I love that aufire.com because they desensitize people to even getting shot and stuff in, in situations. But at rumble.com, our favorite channel again, this is Butter Fountain Police released a video of shooting where a dog and a suspect were killed. Yesterday, multiple contacts with you guys. Um, I guess there's more issues going on with you specifically. What, how is okay. that possible? Okay, take your hands out of your pockets for me. No, I'm not. Are you on? I'm not Put your hands up! Put your 
Pull them, Alvarez. Just stay on top. Oh, please. Stop. So this happened May the 20th, 2023. Police get a call, reports of, a, of another domestic violence incident. Suspects identified as James Boyle, Colorado Springs Department. They're the guys that are involved in this. They took over the investigation. So on Thursday, the 4th Judicial District Attorney's Office shared a report saying that the use of deadly force by one of the officers did not rise to the level of criminal activity and no charges will be filed against the officer and the other cop use of force was justified. So according to the full report, police got called to the suspect's home the day before after his wife allegedly locks him out of the house. Boyle was allowed to enter his residence. Officers noted that he was hostile towards police and the two officers should respond the next time there was a call. So sure enough, next day, May 20th, both officers called back to the home and they're made aware of the incident, of course, May 19th, the day before. One person had told the police the suspect was threatening to kill somebody, that he had sexually assaulted them in the past. Police were also informed the suspect had access to weapons inside the home. So police tried to make contact with him outside the home. There's a scuffle when he wants to you know, get back into the house. Uh, he backs away from the officers, moves towards the front door of the residence, puts his hands in his pockets. Corporal Corey tells him, take your hands out of your pockets. And the guy immediately turns and begins opening the front door. So the corporal grabs him. Um, and because he had reported that, it's, uh, you know, that there was access to firearms in the house and stuff. At that point, there's a physical altercation. And, and look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed this up because we're running out of time here. But basically, he lets the dog out of the house. Dog is going ballistic on one of the cops there. His face is bleeding. It's like a pit bull. That guy shoots and kills the dog. The other cop is using, a, well, there was a taser being used on the bad guy that was ineffective. And, the, and, and as soon as the cop shoots the dog, the other guy shoots the, uh, shoots the bad guy. Um, there's a question about whether there's a lethal threat or not. That's what we have. Scott, we got uh, 22 seconds. We'll go a little bit over. Uh, yeah. So, so right, right off the bat, what I saw there, I mean, like the biggest thing was, is, and I've seen this across the board. A lot of times officers are, uh, in my opinion, are, um, they're very apprehensive about going hands-on, you know, and that's where I think like the, the training, if you just like, uh, as a law enforcement officer, I think you, you know, you should be able to, um, at least, you know, get on a subject and be able to um, detain that person. And it, because if somebody could have just grabbed that guy and like dealt with him there, yeah. then he wouldn't have made it into the door. And then you wouldn't have to shoot him as he's going into the house because you had him and he wasn't able to do that. So right. I think, you know, left. David. Yeah. Arrest techniques and the yeah. inability to transition between lethal to non-lethal. Once the corporal got the gun in his hand, he could not put it away. He kept on ordering the other guy that had been eaten by the dog to, to do all this stuff, and he could not transition off his firearm to, to hands-on. Thanks, David. So guys, sorry we're out of time. But, hey, the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, um, worthy of your of your support, guys. Arrow, Precision, Gulls, AUFire.com, Gullner.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. A shout-out to the free press at TampaFP.com, RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for your support, guys. We'll see you back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. <laughs>